Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Thank you for coming out, for serving. Over 200 people are prayed for just in a couple, three hours. I mean, is that awesome that we were able to come and pray for people and just like, you know, just minister to them and and love on them? Uh, it's the foolish things that confound the wise. You know what I'm saying? It, candy. Come on, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Candy produces moments. And we had people that came by that were, had tears in their eyes. We had people that came by that were just overwhelmed that we would stop them and pray for them. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap one more time. I do want to thank you for coming, for serving, for being there, for, for all of those that helped clean up, serve, do all that they did. Listen, we got a great church. We got a great church, and, and we realize that there are times and seasons, and everybody's in different times and seasons, but we appreciate all of those that are here, uh, that are helping, that are doing. Uh, we can't do it uh, without you, and we don't want to. Come on, somebody. We don't want to. For those online watching, come on, y'all give some love to them put your hands together we're glad that you are here well Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 we have been going over this verse for a while and I just kind of want to unpack it just a little bit more you're probably thinking we got that verse you know what but I do think that if we're not careful church can be about new things all the time and, and I learn by repetition I learned by going over it and going over it and going over it. And I think that our education is with our kids going over it, going over it, going over it. And so I think that it's important for us to get some things in our heart that will be bedrock for us. Look at this verse right here, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, now to him who is able to do far more Far more than what we can ask or think. The, some of your verses that you remember from old school would be imagine. Uh, it, it says this, look at this. And that's where we get the exceedingly abundantly from. More than we can ask or think. According to the power that works within us. Now I want to slow down there. The power that works within us. The power that works within us. To him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ all through the generations forever and ever. Amen. In every service, we are hoping that it starts a moment for the Holy Spirit to begin to minister to you. Come on, listen. That the power would begin to work through you to begin, listen, to heal you to begin to redeem you, to begin to transform you so that you can complete the purpose and assignment that God has, listen, for your life. And can I just tell you this? You can't do it without the power that works within you. Like, we need the Holy Spirit. Like, we were not meant to just be saved and then be empty. Now, let's, let's, let's think about that. You know, uh, what good would it be to incre cook this incredible meal that, that takes hours and hours of preparation to prepare 
and then not invite anybody to eat it. What would it be, what, what good would it be for us to, listen, prepare and God to send Jesus to prepare this moment for us to be saved, to be redeemed, and then look, look, and then there is absolutely no participation after that moment? Like, I appreciate that I'm redeemed, but I also got to get hell out of my thoughts, out of my heart. I got to get all this junk that I've been living in. And come on, listen, I need some help in order to do that. And so here is the concept. When you come to church, what's first activated is your ears. Then it is your mind. Then it is your heart. You can actually be in church for a long, long time, and it, it get into your ears, it move around and dwell a little bit in your mind, but if it doesn't make it from your mind to your heart, listen, there is no spiritual transformation that's happening. We all have had moments where we contemplate more than we participate. Come on. I know that eating greasy chicken fried chicken, I know in my mind that's not going to put my heart in a position of victory. Come on, listen. When I'm 90, I know it's bad, but it's just so good. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? We all know things, but until, listen, God's word moves past suggestion into conviction, there is no transformation. You hear what I'm saying? And that's very hard for a culture and a world that we all believe we're right about everything. And God is saying, listen, I want faith to rise, and I need you to hear the word. I need you to then understand what we're talking about. But then it's not really moving and growing in your life until it gets into your heart. And it begins to change and plant these things that will begin to grow into fruit later on in your life. Come on, is that right? So here's the thing. If you've been in church for a while, it's here, and it's here. But it's got to get here. It's got to get here. And so in all that we're doing, we're taking notes and we're working and, and, and God is moving. But, but here's the deal. Here and here can just be attendance. Here and here can help you with arguments. Come on. Here and here can help you uh, win uh, verbal battles. But here is when you begin to love people differently. And you begin to conduct your life in a different, listen, order. And the only way that it gets here is the Holy Spirit's work within us that takes it from concepts to, to listen, practical applications in our life that we begin to handle scenarios and we begin to do it, listen, differently. I would like to submit to you that transformation begins when the Word of God moves past spiritual suggestions and begins to build spiritual convictions. Convictions. Who you are when people of faith are not around. Who you are when you're not at church. Who you are. Come on, listen. And, 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 and so the best example I have for this is I remember being like 12 years old. And we did the Red Ribbon Week. 
where, you know, we, we say no to drugs. Come on. Who wants to say no to drugs? Raise your hand. Absolutely. While we're all on every prescription. But anyway, uh, it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm not hating. I'm, you take your medicine. Uh, but I'm just saying that I remember watching the video and wearing the ribbon. Come on, listen. And it was like an anthem. It was like, we're going to not do drugs. When I was and my crew, and we were all looking at each other, and there was a scary video, and this woman had lost, and she had this little thing, and she was, and she was talking through this device, and she was telling her story of, of nicotine and drugs, and, and, all, and all of my friends were, le- and were scarred, were mentally scarred. There's two things that scar you. It's Red Ribbon Week and watching a pregnancy video. Both which happened in school. Trauma. Okay, trauma. And so we're all sitting there going, we're never going to do drugs. We're like cutting our blood bond brother moments. Then junior junior year, like there's a corner. And we're driving, I'm, I'm going to school. And all of a sudden I begin to see on the corner my, my, my people, and they're like, and, 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 and we're moving closer to drugs, and, and my image is coming up like, like, did you forget? It's going to happen. My point is that in a world of so much information where we can Google everything, it's almost as if because we Google a lot and know a lot, we do a lot. You can Google success, baby, but they don't make you a success. Come on, hear what I'm saying. You can Google how to have a successful family. You can Google and get seven points in a poem on how to build a great marriage. But can I tell you what you Google is not application? You got to do, listen, everything that you Google, and it's not about what you know, it's about what you live, it's about what you do, it's about what you practice, and I really am trying to motivate us to get it from our head to our heart. Come on. That power that works within you is the one that does that. Um, How'd you do this week on responses? I mean... How do you do normally on responses? I'm, I'm, obviously, I don't want to talk about your whole life because we would all start crying and have to bring up the band. Um, but this, just this week, how'd you do with responses? Uh, for me, I've been meditating and kind of praying over this uh, word for a couple weeks, and I'm so glad that I was because Monday morning, 7 o'clock, we started a demo. It was so exciting. We were so hot. You can clap for that if you want. That's exciting. Uh, thank you for the golf clap. That, I felt like that was, uh, you were so sincere on that. I just want to tell you, come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Let's go. That's good. It's good. So anyway, here's the thing is uh, 7 o'clock, they started. It was so exciting. I mean, they got machinery in there. I mean, uh, but, machinery excavators as big as the opening and so you're like it's like a kid seeing a train when you know it's like wow and so they're putting it in there and all of a sudden about 11 o'clock 
I get a phone call. And it's not, it's not a happy phone call. It's a phone call that's, hey, just so you know, when we were taken down this part of the building, there was a bonus. What are you talking about? Well, we took, you know, the front where the brick is, and the, it's pretty big. It's like 25 feet, really high. Well, that fell down. Oh, and just fell down? Like it just fell down? No, no, well, actually, we were pulling some stuff apart, and a beam flew down, and it busted the hole, and it's just, it's, it's down. Now, I've been working on having winning responses. I'm going to have a winning response. I am so glad that I wasn't talking about fighting. Come on, you know, sometimes when I preach about fighting the enemy, fight, fight, be in a fight, I would have been ready. But now I'm talking about winning responses. And so they're telling me what happened accidentally. And I'm like, can I just tell you that emotions come a whole lot faster than logic? Have you ever been in that? It's like, it's a, it's a, emotions are like light years. It's like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, poof, it's just super fast. It's like, where did that come from? I wasn't even feeling that. But then all of a sudden, it's like, it's like, poof, it's just, like, you're like, what, where did that come from? Light years. It's like speedy. It's like, wow. And so they tell me all that happened. And like you, I'm immediately thinking cost. Okay. And, and so they tell me all of this. And uh, I'm very quiet on the phone. And he's like, are you still there? And I'm like, mm-hmm. No, you're not really saying anything. Because I uh, shouldn't cuss. <laughs> and <laughs> there's a lot of things that if I say right now probably will not be productive. So why don't you tell me the story and end with what you're going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to get there. You know what I mean? And I think that. Sometimes in our life, sure, you didn't get a call this week that said a giant excavator knocked down part of your house, um, uh, but, but you may have gotten a call. You may have gotten a call that you didn't expect. You may have gotten a text that you didn't know about, didn't expect. Maybe you heard from a family member that after 20 years of being distant finally told you why. And you're like, oh, oh. And it's amazing how fast the emotions listen can come and I just want to tell you how do we respond as believers on calls that we don't know are coming but they're coming see I, I want our church to be known for having winning responses like we we just we respond maybe not perfect but we respond listen well to life's adversity my assignment today is a winning response People will say that, you know what, we feel what we feel, and that can't be changed. Then others will say, well, we just choose what emotion we want to walk in, and I just wake up every day, and I choose the emotion. But, but honestly, I, I believe that the only thing that we can really do is choose how we respond. Like emotions are coming and emotions are going to be present, but we get to choose how we're going to respond because we know that emotions come quick and they can be aggressive and they can be powerful. I don't know about you, but I love uh, really awesome movies 
that have great responses. It's just like drop mic moment. You know, it's like, ooh. Uh, we love responses. My, my, I have a son that's 11, and he's in the your mama joke phase. And, and so uh, he and I are just, we go back and forth. I know it's terrible. Um, but we go back and forth, your mama, your mama, your mom. And then my daughter, like, walks in, and she's like, y'all are so dumb. You know, Dad, his mama is your wife. And I'm like, you're right. Your dad is so. And, and so we're just like. We just like live in these moments of who's got the best response. And, and I was just thinking like some really bad responses. You ever had a really bad response? Like you pour out your heart to someone and you say, I, I love you. And their response is, thanks. That's terrible. That's terrible. Like that's not what you want to do. You're kind of dating. You're kind of, you know, in this, you're kind of just talking a little bit. And finally you just go there and you're like, hey, I just want to tell you how I feel. And they're like, good. You feel better? It's not really what I was thinking. Or, or someone sends you a text and they like are pouring out this problem. They're pouring out this thought and, and they're giving you a lot of detail. And it's like it's not it's like one of those long texts, you know what I'm saying, that have the dots. And and, and the response that you get is K. Come on. Like, K? I just poured out all of my issues on this phone. And you can come up with one letter in the alphabet. You better try harder. Or like when your employer walks in and, and says, hey, we're going to tackle this new project. And I'm going to change some of the scope of your work. And they begin to lay out what they're going to do. And your response is, okay, I'll try. What? Or, or even a better response to that, worse response to that would be, well, that's not how we did it in my last job. And, and the employer's like, you want to apply to your last job? <laughs> oh, yeah, they fired you. <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's just some really bad responses. But when I read the Bible, I, and I love doing that. You, you should probably do that. Um, but uh, Jesus had some good responses. Jesus was a, a drop, drop the mic in the conversation. Everybody's bewildered, like, what? Like, when he told Satan to leave him and get behind him, when, when he was being tempted, like, that's just like a, that's like a moment. That's like a, bam. Or, or even better, when Jesus was on the cross and in pain and agony, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're just like, dun, dun, dun. I mean, you just like, hear the music. The, the, it's like awesome. Or Ruth. Ruth is a story in the Old Testament and um, uh, she's widowed, and so Naomi, her mother-in-law, is going back to her um, uh, people. And Ruth says, wherever you go, I will go. Your people shall be my people. It's just like a cool response. It's like, I'm going to be with you. You know what I'm saying? I think another really good response is Paul's. Paul's is, uh, he he. He's been beaten, he's in jail, and he says, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You're like, who talks that way? I will stop at this stoplight, or I may run it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, just like, it's, a, it's just a really good, like, if you kill me, 
I'll be in heaven. And if you let me live, I'm going to preach the word. That's just like, who comes up with that? Like, how long did you think about your tweet before you said that? Like, I, I, I post something and I'm like, dang it, dang it, dang it, spell check. Just really awesome responses. And so maybe this week you had some really good responses. Or maybe you didn't. And we're going to look over Abram's life. Genesis chapter 13. You can go ahead and start turning there. In Genesis chapter 13, we get to unpack almost like a complete movie um, of, of what happens in Abram's life. And I want to turn there. Uh, Genesis chapter 13. And we're going to go down to verse 3. If you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back. Uh, we talked about Abram. Um, it was really interesting. You should go listen to it. Uh, we talked about his mistakes. He uh, sold his wife. <laughs> so, uh, Spoiler. Um, and, and so he really messed up. And, um, and so this is after all of that. God saves him. God redeems that moment. And this is the next scene. Here's the deal. Genesis chapter 13, verse 3. And he journeyed on from the Geb to Bethel to the place where his tent had been from the beginning. Set up. God told Abram to leave Ur where he grew up and go to Canaan. So he did it. Okay? He did it. And there was a famine, so he left and went down to Egypt and Egypt was a place of real compromise for him. It didn't work out so well. Pharaoh made them leave. And so Abraham is deciding to go back where God told him to be. Okay? Is that up with me? Okay. Let's look at this. To the place where he was at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where the Lord where he had made an altar at first. And Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham called on the name of the Lord. I, I think there's a lot here. And I want to give you three ways to produce a winning response. Three ways to produce a winning response. I'm going to give you the first one real quick. If we're going to respond better in life, we've got to learn to accept guidance. We've got to learn to accept guidance. Listen, listen, listen. We're all going to fall short. We're all going to fail. And we're all going to blow it. But to blow it again and again and again in the same areas. Like you didn't know in your marriage that won't go work. How many times have you tried that? Has it ever gone well? We got to learn. Come on, listen. To accept guidance. When, when, when we're, we're going in and having a moment with our family and it always ends in everybody wanting to go to their own room every time, we've got to begin to ask ourselves, did that work? It probably didn't work, but I feel better. Okay, but now you're alone. So you feel better saying what you wanted to say, but now you're alone. So... I just need you to know that God's idea was not to redeem you and leave you. It was to lead you. 
Listen to what I'm saying. In a world where everyone has self-interest and in a world where everyone believes that they're right, God wants us to surrender and submit to his leading. And if we do, he will take us further than we thought we could go. Listen to what I'm saying. We're not talking about monetary things. We're not talking about money. We're talking about influence. Influence. Your life has incredible intrinsic value. And God is trying to get the junk out of you so that you have more to give to the people in, come on, listen, your life. In a world where everyone wants to talk, if you're going to accept guidance, you have to listen. Come on. We're in a world full of talkers. Everybody wants to talk. We're going to talk on text. We're going to talk on social media. We're going to talk, talk, talk. And everyone feels the need to share their opinion because they want to be heard. But if you really want to grow, come on, listen, then you're going to learn to listen because that's why God gave us one mouth, come on, listen, and two ears. Are we listening to what God has for us. Here's what I love is that Abraham leaves and he listens. He doesn't come out of Pharaoh's moment, Egypt, feeling like a failure and going, all right, I'm done. I've blown it. I've messed up. I'm just going to go back to my homeland. This whole thing was stupid anyway. I'm out. No, no, he accepts guidance and gets back to where he's supposed to be. He begins to start thriving. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. God begins to start moving in his life, and he goes back to the place where he was when God was speaking and praise was happening, and he was in the midst of becoming something different than what he was. I need to challenge someone in the room. You need to get back to what God is telling you to do because you've tried to come up with other ideas hey and it's not working and you're wondering why it's not working but you need to get back to where God was speaking where something was being built I know that it wasn't an infrastructure but it was a tent baby and God starts with tents get back to the place where God was building something in your life and if that looks like being in a life group if that looks like coming and serving if that looks like jumping on the worship team but there is too much in you come on Guidance. Guidance. See, the Bible calls us stiff-necked people because really we don't want guidance. Whenever you begin to listen, isn't it funny that the first thing that we ask our kids to do is listen? And why do we ask them to listen? Because we know the dangers that they don't know. Go ahead and try to take a child by a busy intersection and you've never taught them to listen. Instantly, that's the worst fear in a mom's heart. The idea is that listening will protect them from situations that they don't know are coming. But when I say stop, come on somebody, you need to stop immediately because I have lived more life than you and I know what's out there even though you're living naive as a child, only thinking about fun. God is out here going, yo, I've been around forever. I'm outside of time. I know who, how humanity works and I need you to stop 
when I tell you, I need you to sit when, I'm, when I move that way. I need you to step when I release you because if you will follow me, come on, listen, there will be exceedingly abundantly in your life. Our responses to his guidance is what produces victory in our life. Which one of us would go down to Texas to a city that we've never been and do that without navigational help? If we're going to follow navigational help on a trip, why would we not want navigational help for our lives? Where we have so many people depending on our responses, our marriage, our wife, our friends, our boss, our kids. Like there's so many people that we can jack up. And yet God knew that and he said, I've given you the Holy Spirit to be a counselor and a helper and a guide if you will let him guide you. He does that through his word, his Holy Spirit, his church, spiritual maturity, prayer. We got to be a church that if we're going to respond right, come on, we, we listen and to guidance. We learn, we allow guidance to happen. The second thing is this, and we're going to unpack this in this part of the story is to have a winning response, we've got to overcome strife with peace. Come on. Look at this. Look at, look at this. Let's go back to our verse. To the place where God, where he made an altar. I love the fact that he goes back to what he knows. He goes back to conversations with God. Come on, maybe that's just all you need to, today is you need to open your Bible again. You need to put on your worship gym. Maybe it's been a long time since you met with the Lord. You need to go and play shout to the Lord. And you need, listen, you need to have some time with God. Okay? Look at this. And Lot, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. You, my boy was rolling. Okay? So that the land could not support both of them dwelling together for their possessions were so great. Come on, anybody want so, so great? Anybody want some so great? All right. That they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of, and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. And at the time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were living in the land. They were dwelling there together. I would like to submit to you today that strife ruins relationships. Okay. And I want to dig down on this because many of us may not have thought deep enough about strife, but actually strife is a spirit and it comes from Breaking a law that God set. God gave us the law so that spirits would not begin to destroy our life. The spirit of idolatry. Okay? The first four commandments help us stay away from the spirit of idolatry. In other words, making ourself God. Okay? Then we have the spirit of lust. The spirit of greed. Can you hear what I'm saying? And so this is, this is just basic Bible but here's what I need you to see, is that you can be in the right place with the wrong spirit moving in your relationships. Abram was where he was supposed to be. Here he is. He's returning back. He starts to get back in his tents. He starts praising the Lord. He starts praying. He starts opening up his heart again. And as soon as he opens up his heart again, now he's got family issues. 
And many of you feel like every time you take one step toward God, there's another problem. You take two steps toward the Lord and all of a sudden someone's mad at you because you went to church and missed a birthday party or you went to this and you did that or you did that and now people are frustrated at you and strife is happening and you're like, all I'm trying to do is serve the Lord. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to make people mad. I'm just trying to serve the Lord. Okay, let's look at this. There are a couple things that I need you to see. So when we go back to Genesis 12, here is what we see. It is the first time that Abram has chosen himself over God. So he left when God told him to leave, and God first built a tent. God first built an altar. God first started to praise. That was Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 12 is he begins to sow deception and self-interest. Okay? And here's what we know. Sarah was with him, Lot was with him, and all of the tribe had a front row seat in observation to see Abram's response. Okay, God shows up supernaturally and begins to redeem Abram. Come on, is that not the gospel story? It doesn't matter what we've done, God shows up supernaturally and redeems us we were going one way and he turns us around and says I got more for you follow me come on is that good that's so that's the gospel come on clap for that that's the gospel but I need you to see that just because God redeems us doesn't mean the lessons that we taught to other people go away now Abraham and Lot have instantly gotten a lot of wealth. Can I just tell you for five seconds? Don't ever pray for more money than you have capacity because more money is not the answer to problems. Come on, hear me. That's why as a believer, we don't trust in lottery because what will happen is if we possess something we don't respect, and we don't know how to manage it, then it will destroy us because every amount and things that you have produce character and integrity to hold. Does this make sense? Okay? If I date someone and I get married, I am learning the capacity to care for that, which God has given me. Then, give me then I grow in capacity and kids come. And with every new responsibility, guess what happens? <laughs> Surprise, you have to die more. Come on, is there anybody in the room that knows that? Come on, how many of you, you had kids and your dreams are making them? And that's not bad. That's just how it is. Okay, here they got blessed with a lot of material wealth quickly and now they're in a land come on and there are the canaanites there's abram's crew there's lot's crew and there's the parasites and now they're here and strife is happening why strife will always happen when you believe there's not enough 
You're not listening to me. You're not thinking about my needs. There's not enough. I'm not getting enough from you. I'm not getting enough from my job. I'm not getting enough from my territory. And here's the deal. They were growing exponentially, but there was only a little bit of land. So there was a real problem, but strife begins to say, you're the reason I don't have enough. Come on. Are we getting this? Strife is rooted in jealousy. It it means that we become dissatisfied with our current position and condition. And when we are unsatisfied, it causes trouble. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Strife comes to divide and destroy what God is doing. It happens in marriages. It happens in families. It happens in churches. And it's funny to me that churches get so inspected when there is strife and people transition. Well, there must be something wrong, and, and, and there could be, so I'm not saying that. There could be. But we don't go to your house every time you have a fight with your kid and say, you're wrong. Every time your son or daughter slams the door and goes to their room, we don't come and go, well, really, we know why they don't like you. Come on. What you need to see is every relationship in the Bible had strife. Adam and Eve had sons and they had strife. Come on. Jesus put a crew together and he had strife. Strife is part of life, but how we respond to that strife determines if we head into more victory or not. Come on. Strife indicates that there is something in our heart that we believe someone is doing to us or we don't have enough of or we feel in lack. I want you to look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 21. Are you with me? Come on. Come on. 5:21. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. That was deep. Okay? You shall not desire your neighbor's house. Stop. Oh, I wish we had a house like that. Oh, I see. They got a new car. I see. I see. I see how you are. His field. Dang. That's a nice field, yo. (laughs) Maybe you do that. (laughs) I don't know why they have so much property. Okay. Must be nice to have two houses. Come on. His male servant, his female servant. Oh, he thinks he's, oh, it must be nice to have a big business. Have all those people working for you. His ox. I don't know how to make an example out of that. If you got a really nice ox, just own it. Just own it. Your ox is super nice. Okay. His donkey or pretty much anything else that your neighbor has. Listen to what I'm saying. The herdsmen were in conflict and they didn't even know they were breaking a 
Come on, you hear me? Which it was going to be established later. Come on. But God set these up so that we would be able to manage and know what's going on in our heart. And strife will always be there. Don't let the enemy divide what God is trying to multiply. And God is trying to multiply your marriage. He's trying to multiply. Everything that God sets in order is for multiplication. A man and woman, seed, child, child. Come on. Multiplication is the way God moves us forward. Even a church, healthy things grow. And so there should be multiplication. More people should be coming, getting saved, prayer in line. There should be more outreach. There should be more leaders coming up. There should be Katie and I having a little bit of distance because more leaders are stepping up. That should be how it works. But with every new step, there's going to be strife. Everyone wants peace, but here's what peace means. It means that you trust that the Lord will direct your steps and guide your path. And it's not other people who are holding you back. It is not other people. And I just, I just want to tell you, you know what? Let's let, let's let peace, peace back in the home. Come on, if it's been a long time and there has been so much yelling and screaming and slamming doors. And I, and I just need you to know this. It's going to set up my next point. My mom was so courageous. And she was hurt a lot. She was hurt a lot. And she worked three or four jobs. And she did not believe that she had time for any type of self-care that would help her navigate some of the traumas that had happened in her life. And we are for you doing that. We have a freedom class where you can begin to unpack the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. But because of that, and this is not criticism, but every year in my high school, there was an argument, there was a yell, there was a slamming door, there was a, a hole in the wall, and we were always had a spirit of strife in our home. And I'm just telling you that that's not productive for producing Love. I'm not blaming. You, 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 is it, can, can I tell you the story without you feeling like I'm... The reality is we've got to figure out how to heal ourselves and love and we can't control changing other people, okay? But the truth is we don't have to live in strife. We can live in peace. The last part of this verse and then I'll have the band come up in just a second. Genesis chapter 13, 14 through 17. So Lot and Adam are a little bit at it. And Abraham just has this incredible response. He says, hey Lot, we're family. Pick where you want to go and I'll go the other way. Abraham, the guy that God is the one, like Abraham and God were in this together. Abraham is the one that's going to have the covenant. Abraham is the father of it. Now, no one sings a song about, song about Lot. Brother Lot. Make no, that's not a song. It's Father Abraham. And yet, he trusts God so much. 
And so here's the thing. I am not trying to maneuver or try to navigate you out of pain. The truth is some of the greatest lessons in life happen when we fail. Some of the greatest lessons in life happen when you know that God showed up and loved you even when you blew it. And it begins to change your narrative. You know what I'm saying? And so Abraham is like, okay, I just come out of Egypt. I really blew it. I kind of sold my wife. It was a terrible thing. I mean, so, so now I'm having this issue with Lot, and I'm like, okay. I trust God. Where do you want to live, Lot? Oh, you want the best land? You want the best lakes? You want the best place? Okay. Why? Because I'm not going to go back and learn that lesson again. I'm not going to go back and learn that lesson again. Here's the thing. Genesis chapter 13, 14 through 17. And the Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes and look to the place for where you are. Look north, look south, look east, look west. For all the land that you see, I'm going to give you and to your offspring forever. Look at this. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth so that one can count the dust of the earth. Your offspring also can be counted. Arise and walk through the length and the breadth of the land because I'm going to give it to you. Here's this idea, okay? First, a great response will be if we're able to accept guidance. Second is if we can, you know, overcome strife by allowing peace to reign. And the last and, and final one, Ben, y'all go ahead and come up, is this. We got to focus on purpose and not on past. You got to focus, listen, on your purpose and not on your past. I love it because here's the thing, listen to this, is as soon as Lot begins to separate God begins to bring revelation. There were times in my life that separation was good. Many of our people had moments of separation where you feel like God called you out of Hot Springs. God called you out of Natchitoches. God called you out of Louisiana. God called you out of God called you out of Little Rock. God called you out. God called you out. God called you out. Why did he call you out? Abraham, there's a land that I'm going to give you. In other words, we covenant people are the ones who redeem the land. Listen to what I'm saying. And there will be times that God will call you away from friends. Come on, I need, I, need to, I need you to lean into this moment. There are some friends that add toxic thoughts to you all the time. There are some times that God will call you to a different land, to a different place, to a different whatever. And not because you're better than anybody else. Listen but because there's an assignment on your life and it will not grow in strife. 
the assignment on your life does not grow in strife. And God has us separate so that we can get to our purpose and not be focused on our past. And many people are looking over their life and they're seeing all of the past. And what if Abram would have just never got over the funk of losing Lot? When we started together, I thought we were going to ride and die. That was my boy. And now we start growing and we start, things, good things start happening. And now he doesn't even want to rock. Man, I'm done. I'm done with all this. I don't want to take no more. If God, if more territory means more hurt, I'm out. I don't want no more. Is that why the church isn't thriving? In America? Could that be a reason? We can say it's politics and we can say it's divisions and we can say all that, but really some people got hurt and I don't want I don't want any more of that. Come on. How many pastors said I'm out? How many pastors' kids said I'm out? How many grandkids said I'm out? Because I saw the hurt, and if that's the hurt that it this requires, I'm out. I'm done. Come on. I am telling you that as long as you're in this church, there could be people that hurt you. There could be life groups that don't connect with you. There could be conversations that start and you, they didn't fit good with you. But I am telling you the way we overcome strife as a body is we lean into peace. Come on. We lean into peace that passes all understanding. And we, and we choose love over being right. Come on, help me. And this is my last thought, and I'll get out of your way. But I love that God tells Abram, bro, you're going to have to walk it out. You're going to have to walk it out. I'm a, i got a lot for you, but you're going to have to walk it out. And I need someone here to know that you're going to have to walk it out. I know that it's not what you wanted, and I know that it's not what you thought it would be, but you're going to have to walk it out. And I believe on the other side of this, not in your past, but in your future, God is saying, if you walk it out, you will begin to see all the good things. Come on, listen, that I have for you. Come on, put your hands together. Allow. The, come on, let's begin to worship the Lord. Walk it out. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.